Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Have you ever wondered whether to buy commercial property or residential property or don't know where to start if there's other asset classes within property. Well, today we're going to chat it out. I'm Glenn James and this is... John Pigeon. Jean Pigeon from France, wherever he's from. Thanks to Sean Wellman, our podcast partner from Wellman Finance. John, the cool thing I like about using a mortgage broker myself is you get more time dedicated to you. Whereas if you go into a bank or a lender, more often than not, if you're working with someone who's an employee... They've possibly got KPIs and targets. And I know for a fact, some bank workers will have to do so many meetings in a week, right? Yes. Now, Sean and the team at Wilma Finance, they don't have any of that crap. No. Right? So, they will just help you and give you as much time. He's told us, like, we've sent people to him. He goes, oh, how did that case go? And he goes, oh, yeah, we sat down for a good couple of hours. But by the end of it, they actually got it. Yeah. And yeah. so, it was a kind of a cool thing that... Education thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, thanks to Sean Wellman from wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3 if you need a good broker anywhere where you are or if you want someone face-to-face in Melbourne, hmm. he'll... Uh, Hook you Hook up. up. Well, you can get your own private banker, but you've got to be a big dog. You've got to be a big dog, yeah. That's right. So, Jackie asked a question. I'd love to discuss the difference of investments in relation to apartment or houses or other potential property asset classes. So, John and I thought we would probably just have a discussion about residential property versus commercial and or industrial. Okay? Yes. Now, John. Glenn. Real talk. Yeah. Have you got a commercial property in your portfolio? No, I haven't. Okay. Why would someone choose commercial over residential, mm. uh, given that only you've got residential? Like, just talk to us through your rationale. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I mean, all, all roads lead to Rome. I mean, if you've got a clear strategy and you know what you're doing and you know the next steps and the, and the long goal, then commercial, residential, industrial, whatever floats your boat. You've just got to skill yourself up in it. I think the big appeal for commercial property is the rental yields, the the cash flow of what commercial property can provide you, as well as the long-term leases that can be put in place, three years, five years, 10 years. And thirdly, the ability for the tenant to increase the quality of the building, usually from a, an interior point of view. So they might deck it out, render it, paint it, new carpets, whatever, at their own cost because they mm. want their shop front or whatever the case may be to look a bit uh, bit special. Yeah, and that's like with this uh, studio that we're sitting in, when I rented it, it yep. was a blank canvas yep. and part of the deal is uh, do what you want, we don't care. Mm. But when you leave, it's got to be back to a blank canvas. Yes, which is quite bizarre in a, long, a lot well, of ways. One of the other rental properties that I had, and I think landlords don't mind if you be a bit pragmatic with them. Yeah. 
like the other office that I had, I completely renovated it. Like yeah. new carpet, new walls, glass, interior, ducted air. It was actually better than when we got there. And the real estate were like, by the way, if you are listening and you are the real estate, you are <laughs> the out. most painful group of people <laughs> I've ever had to deal with. And I'll never do business with your organization ever again. You know who I'm talking about. Shout out. Shout out. But I said to the landlord, because they said, oh, it needs to be reset. I mm. said, well, I'm spending 60 grand fitting out your freaking office. Yeah. I want it in the lease that we can leave it as it is when I leave. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I had a situation just up from my office where the um, old mate moved out. He'd come to the end of his lease and they said, look, restore it to its original. He had to take the down lights out and put in the old lights that are hanging down in a globe. Totally unreasonable. Yeah. But, and uh, uh, yeah, don't get me started on that yeah. same organization <laughs> with other properties that I've had the uh, reverse pleasure of <laughs> using them. So, yeah. So, I think the, the first thing I would say, just from my own personal experience, John, with this commercial V residential thing, yep. it's the risk and reward spectrum. Yeah. So, yes, you might get 12, 13, 14% rental yield mm. on a commercial property. But if it's in the wrong location, yeah, we've all seen shops that have sat empty for years. Yeah, and, and my basic reasoning, you might be listening thinking, well, why don't you have a commercial? My basic reasoning way back when was everyone needs residential, either to rent or to purchase themselves. Not everyone needs commercial. And industries can come and go and, and trends can change. And you do see a lot of vacancy for a number of reasons and especially in the last 10 years where a lot of businesses have gone online and a lot of people work from home now so that's changed the the landscape of commercial property i believe Mm, mm. i guess as well because i always talk about like with our investing journey john like you know as our first investment property or our first investment so if i had 200 grand to invest yeah i'm probably not going Actually, I'll rephrase that. If I had $500,000 to invest tomorrow, I'm probably not going and putting it all in Bitcoin. I'm probably not all going and putting it in precious metals. I'm doing something that's bread and butter boring, that's got a good track record of providing a good amount of yield and good upside. Yes. Now, for me, I put commercial and industrial as... Yeah, sweet. Have it in your portfolio. Yeah. But maybe not as your first or second or third. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, the, the lending ability is very different in that space as well, commercial, industrial. So it's a little bit like agriculture, I suppose, in the sense that your deposit usually is, is higher. So you might need to put down a, a 20 or 30% deposit, but also the purchase price is usually a lot higher as well. That's right. So, when we talk about LVR, so for example, if there was a $500,000 home that you needed to have an 80% LVR, mm. which would mean you've got to put hundred grand of your own money. Yep, 20%. Or like security of 20%. Yep. Sometimes with commercial and industrial, it can be uh, around 60%. So, you've got to put mm. like 40% of yeah. your own money or security into the deal. Yeah, depending on the postcode and, and all a few other factors. Yeah, yeah, so it certainly is more of an advanced strategy. I've seen it work, John, in some instances, and we'll do an episode very shortly about self-managed super funds. Yes. Where you might have a trade or something like that and you need a business premises mm. and 
the planets align and you're like, well, I could get the super fund to buy this and Yeah, that's right. And it could be part of that strategy, but it's a whole discussion. You're not buying the property just because you can. The planet's gotta align there. Yeah. Once I figure out what I'm gonna do with my life, I'll probably see myself maybe buying one in something like that as a self managed super fund. Yeah. And rent it back from my fund to use as as an office. But just not sure if I want to have an office for the next 10 or 15 years either. Yeah, you've just got to be mindful that I like the fact, I, I actually, it makes sense as well, doesn't it, that the banks, it's a different LVR because yeah. there could be times of no income at all. Yeah. So I think as a conservative thing, I would rather put a lot down. So if you didn't have a tenant or income coming in, mm. it doesn't wreck your life no that's right and and i suppose the the question is commercial versus residential where we're talking more about commercial now because we talk all the time about residential so Mm. i suppose it's a given that our listeners and knowing understanding a lot more about residential already yeah we try to give an insight on well what is commercial why would we do it Mm. is it something we do now down the track or never yeah so for example i think and i i'll be first so i don't know that much about uh commercial property but i know that you've got a b and c grade as an example yeah and a grade might be prime piece of real estate it's on the main road it's just it's blue chip you know it's bankable you know there'll always be a dentist there there'll always be you know it's a vibrant town it's the cbd yeah where b grade might be you're a couple of streets back but you're next to the bunnings Mm. so that's you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. the C grade might be like that one at Berkeley Vale. I text John <laughs> a couple of months ago. I'm like, oh, there's a little uh, office here for sale. And he's like, it's a crap location. So it's the set of shops in the middle of suburbia. Yeah. And, and even that can change. Like I wasn't here when it happened, but 50 years ago, Gosford was the main hub, mm. right? Like, so if you bought commercial property there, back then i'm sure it would have done very well over time Mm. but erina was created so all the shopping hub went from out of gosford into erina yeah but the same thing happened over here and excuse us if you're not from the central coast but the same thing happened over here 20 years ago Mm. with wyong as soon as westfield opened literally 10 minutes down the road yeah it ripped the guts out of that community yeah so understanding that 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 can happen even if it is in a blue chip location Mm. today whereas we know that okay if you're walking distance to the beach buying residential it's always going to be walking distance to the beach yeah and the whole thing with the commercial and residential it is in stages like i think you'll see now like as an example westfield group or frank lowy whatever you want to say have just offloaded all the international westfields because what's happening is things are changing so like the aldis that are popping up they're in standalone. The Costco's aren't going into Westfields. They're in their standalone. So I think there's this mm. trend that's going back from the big mega complexes back to bespoke. You go there because of this. Yeah. Like that episode we did with uh, Lauren from Common Circus last yeah. year on My Millennial Money. It's a destination. People go there for homewares. People go there for coffee. Yeah. By the way, they've got an online presence. Oh. So it's one of those things mm. if you were first starting out as a first-time investor property purchaser i'd probably be just waiting and really being very strategic yeah on the commercial or industrial side yeah and like anything as i pre-framed at the start it's it's understanding the pros and cons of it 
understanding the ins and outs to be able to make an informed decision around it. And that's why a lot of people go into commercial property with a business partner or as a joint venture Mm. to de-risk themselves a little bit. But because the purchase price a lot higher, if they've got the ability to share the load. I mean, if it was me doing commercial and it would either be me as the tenant or some type of service-based medical or physio or something like that where it's there's always going to be a GP at least for the next 20, 30 years. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. I actually know a commercial buyer's agent quite well and I catch up once a year with them and they they tell me the stories and there's some great success stories in that. So mm. and we're not painting a, a doom and gloom no. sort of picture of commercial. We're just merely outlining what the uh, pros and, and cons are. I like as a landlord of commercial, it sucks if you're the tenant, but as the landlord bugger all holding costs because you can actually what they call it outgoings so you pay your rent it might be x amount per year plus you've got to pay for the rates of the building plus you've got to pay for public liability of the building plus you've got to pay for water usage that's not included yeah plus you've got to pay for the clean area of the complex because even though you're part of the complex so there's actually the thing called outgoings that you're responsible for in Mm. the lease yeah, that's right. There's a probably an argument to say, John, for the right commercial property, that asset class is less risky than residential for the right. Absolutely. And de-risk even further if you're a business owner mm. that has the ability to work out of it. Yeah. So, okay, worst comes to worst, I put my business in it. Yeah. As opposed to renting it or out. Or even like if, you're, if you've got a couple of investment properties or you're going that way, like maybe one of your next play is a factory bay. Like what can go mm. wrong in a factory bay? Mm. There's walls and a roof and concrete. Yeah, or, or, uh, or storage. Or storage, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just, I think it's just worth having the discussion and being strategic. Yeah, and there is a, a bit of a hybrid version, which we talked about off air before we started today, was the commercial down below residential up top yeah that's sexy isn't it yeah so it's zoned actually zoned residential Mm. so you can continue having people living upstairs and you can continue running businesses downstairs yeah um, which is uh, pretty cool but obviously yeah again you pay a bit of a premium for that yeah if you in your property journey can get to the point where you're a landlord of residential and commercial and maybe a factory bay or whatever yeah you've actually really diversified your property book. Yeah, yeah there's, there's um, really wild versions of diversification, isn't it? So mm. there's, I buy a residential house and then I buy a residential apartment, right? And then In I the buy, same suburb. Yeah, and then I buy a ski lodge yeah, that's or whatever right. that is. Yeah, so. versus saying, well, I've got one residential property, I've got a commercial mm. property, I've got an industrial storage center and away I go. Yeah. Mm. All right. We've got a question here from Liv. I wish to buy next year in a regional area of Melbourne. I was going to invest in the west side, uh, Rockbank, Melton. My idea was to buy a block and do two townhouses so I can live in one and rent the other one out. Would that be smart? Thanks. Me personally looking in, I love the idea of building two townhouses. I guess the question is, do you want to live next to your tenant? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we laugh at that, but it's it's actually a, a good quality um, question that you've oh, got to got to ask yourself. Totally, do you want to live there and watch the lawn not getting mowed and them and them driving on your lawn and all those sort of things? But I think 
all that aside, are we moving out there for the investment opportunity and is it somewhere that you actually want to live? So do the stars align where it's a good investment opportunity, I can add value by building two townies, it just so happens that I want to live there so I'm going to live in one, rent out the other? Or does it still work and, and looking at worst case or just having options up our sleeve, does it still work if I build two townhouses and rent them both out and go and rent somewhere else? Yeah. So many times we see questions come in about scenarios and you look back and it's like, well, five years ago when you made that decision, the tail was wagging the dog. Yeah. So you want to be living yeah. somewhere in your own right because we want to live here, not by default. Mm. We don't want to be investor somewhere just because we're investing by default. Yeah, that's right. And I, I know the Rock Bank, Melton western suburb reasonably well so i know there's good pockets and i know there's some ordinary pockets so again just got to be careful of where where that is and and the land availability there yeah thanks for the question Liv. all right bye bye special thanks to wellman finance our podcast partner Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property, education, and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor. This online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals.